0: Welcome to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. In this program, Marty discusses waterfowl and upland bird hunting, as well as the clay target shooting sports, with some of the top industry leaders and shooting pros from around the world. If you're just starting out, or you've been hunting and shooting for years, we'll have wing and clay target news and information that you can use. Now, here is your host, Marty Fisher.
1: And welcome, 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 and boy, I'll tell you, you can tell that we are in the uh the, the the dog days of summer i mean most of the time down here in south georgia they don't come until august but for some reason july has become the dog days now it is uh it's hotter than the than the gates of hades but uh uh you know it uh, it, it it's hot when dove season comes in too and uh, uh we're gonna we're gonna do a dove show today i am an avid dove hunter absolutely love to do it and i have got uh, as my guest and we'll have him on here in just a few minutes the dove czar a gentleman by the name of vandy collins a, a great friend of mine and and i'm going to tell you something if you're a dove hunter you need to listen to this show and if you're a dove hunter you need to get on the phone real quick and call your buddies who are dove hunters and get them to listen to this show too because we're going to have a lot of great information today that will really help you when it comes time to uh, <clears throat> To hunt those birds and hope that they come and, and I, we're going to talk to a guy that knows how to make them come i can tell you that not only know how to make them come he knows how to make them stay so that uh, you'll have good shoots so we'll be with vandy here in just a few minutes hey guys first part of the show is always brought to you by my friends at the crushable vault you know if you haven't heard of this product it, you know it looks like a Looks like a lug piece of luggage. You put it, put your gun cases in it, and and I mean you can you can lock those things down and and uh, and 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 tie them into into a a secure spot in your truck or your SUV, and nobody, and I mean nobody, is is going to be able to take those guns. I know as much traveling as I do. When I throw the guns in the back of my truck, I'm always scared to death every time I stop that somebody might want to get them well that was the case some time ago but once I discovered the crushable vault no more worries I can tell you that so do yourself a favor go to their website check them out crushablevault.com and go in there and just take a look they've got some great products and believe me they do work and if you find something that you like when you get on your checkout page they have got a little promotional box there type in my name Marty and they'll give you an instant 10% off of your purchase so before we get into talking about dove hunting, a uh, little bit of wing and clay news, a little bit of stuff that's going on. Hey, what are you doing August the 24th? You know, I, I've got listeners all over the world. I guess I'm talking to people that live down here in South Georgia right now. And um, uh, But August the 24th, I can tell you what I'm going to be doing. I'm going I'm to be at a sporting clays event that is for a great organization called the kt team now the kt team was founded by two of my really good friends carrie terrell and jason beard and these guys are avid avid passionate turkey hunters but the kt team does a lot more than that and what what this organization does is it provides opportunities for physically challenged individuals and let them live out their passion for outdoor activities and i'm going to tell you uh, a couple of ways you can you can find out about this event. Go to thektteam.org, and if you can't come, you can actually even send a donation to, uh, to this group, and it's well worth it. Uh, go to facebook.com slash thektteam, and they'll have information there as well. And, um, hey, let me tell you something. It's going to be absolutely a great, great event. So um, give those guys a look, and I promise you, you'll have the same passion for uh, what they do that that I now do after seeing it happen. So, hey, what's going on in the world? Well, there's 3,000-plus clay target shooters, youths now, youth kids. I'm talking about high school, junior high, up at the uh, Scholastic Clay Target Program national event at uh, uh, the Cardinal Shooting Center up in Marengo, Ohio, just north of Columbus. And that is our future. And I, I, you know, this thing will run all the way uh, through the weekend. And and I am excited, excited, excited about how it's going to go. Uh, one of our great, our great friends, the Midway USA Foundation, got a brand new uh, director, a, a gentleman by the name of Scott Reynolds. Now, why do I bring them up? Because when it comes to to youth shooting, the Midway USA Foundation assists more than three thousand youth shooting teams all across the country and has actually donated more than 20 million dollars in cash for these school teams and that is real and i uh, i really applaud those guys a uh, lot of great shooting events going on around the country um coming up very shortly 17th of july through the 21st will be the the um uh, south central regional sporting clays at providence hill farm over in mississippi that's going to be a great great event uh the world english is up around chicago at northbrook in uh, early august and a whole bunch of state shoots going on but uh boy there is just so much happening and and it's it is in july and we are getting close to dove season and i want to introduce my my guest and bring him on before we take our first break. Uh, Vandy Collins is known as the Dove Czar. And I'm going to tell you something. I've hunted with Vandy and, and uh, talked to him a little bit. And believe me, he is exactly that. Now, this guy grew up down in the, in the Black Belt region, I guess, of South Alabama, which is just wildlife everywhere. He went to forestry school and and landed what I guess he thought was his dream job when he uh, uh, was managing a plantation at the age of 26 now vandy did that for 35 years stepped away to do his own thing which really turned out to be managing dove hunting in a big time way and he actually is an avid turkey hunter like i am and and he and his daughter rita have got a little a little gig going called turkey mafia and uh, i'm gonna tell you something they are as focused on turkeys as as they are on doves you can count on that but without further ado uh welcome to the show vandy collins it is great to have you my friend
2: Marty, I don't know if I can follow all that. That was that was,
1: that was a lot going on there. <laughs> well, you, you've had a lot going on in your life, buddy. I, I'm going to tell you, and we're we're uh, we're we're going to spend a good bit of time talking about the dove. You know, and and you know, not every state has dove hunting, but those who do. Uh, boy, there are a lot of guys. I mean, you're talking millions and millions of, of dove hunters, and a dove is the most shot at and most missed of all of the game birds that we have anywhere in this country. And you know, I know for, that for me, one of the one of the really hard things is. Is getting the birds to stay, and we're going to talk about that uh, just in a little bit. And uh, Vandy, we've got about a minute before we take our first break. I, I mean, I, I introduced you, but tell me a little bit more about about Vandy, if you will, and then we'll take a break and come back and start talking doves.
2: Well, I tell you, uh, Marty, dove on you know, kind of possessed me at a young age, and I I'd never, never. You know, really left it very far, but I did manage a quail plantation for thirty-five years. But part of that was having dove fields for them, also, and and then I had some on my own. So I, I've never gotten very far away from it. Uh, I, I've studied it. I've worked hard on it. Uh, I don't have the same opinion some people do about things. Uh, we'll talk about that later on. But like you said, it, it's probably one of the most missed birds out there, and I. I most of that goes on on my fields, I think. Uh, if I can tell you <laughs> right now, but it, it's uh, it, and it's growing. We'll talk about that. I I, mean, I can tell you that because uh, that's you know what I do every year, all the time, and and I work closely with the state of Alabama, so it, it's been something that, that has kind of possessed me. And and you know, and when you really love something that much, you, you work hard at it and you learn about it. And
1: well, yeah, you know, yeah right well, when you certainly. think you know it all. Well, You're let calm. me tell you something. Yeah, you've forgotten more than most of them know. I tell you what. We're, real quick, we're up on up on our first break. Let's take that, folks. Stay tuned. We're going to talk a lot of dove hunting and and field preparation and planting. And I mean, the sky's going to be the limit here. And and uh, so you sit tight. Wing and Clay Nation will be right back after these messages. <laughs>
2: the
3: internet's number one talk station number one talk station
0: Voiceamerica.com. are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email, Radio at gmail.com That's wingandclayradio at gmail.com Now, let's get back to this week's show
1: And back we are talking dove Hunting and hey, by the way, if you are a social media freak like so many people are out there these days, by all means, I want you to check us out. Check out our, our website. We've got a lot of stuff on there. We've got a, a YouTube channel, and uh, we're going to be downloading TV shows and tips and all of that, wingandclayradio.com. Uh, if you're a Facebooker, facebook.com slash wingandclayradio, instagram.com slash wingandclayradio, and on Twitter, it's twitter.com slash radio nation so all of that being said i back to my good buddy vandy and you know when uh right before we took a break vandy you made the comment and i and i didn't really know this because i you know I, I i get all of this stuff in the mail every now and then about hunting is declining and less and less people are doing it the clay target sports are growing and more and more people are doing it but you said before the break that you're seeing a growth in dove hunting what what, what do you mean by that
2: well, you know, Marty, in the state of Alabama, we have a commissioner that a past commissioner that worked really, really hard to loosen up the regulations and whatnot. And it was because of declining uh, license sales. I mean, he he went to Atlanta and worked with the federal. The guys that are tend to be a little stricter sometimes and they negotiated a lot of uh, a lot of deals on, on our on our the way we can prepare fields and, and one thing and another and and it's really loosened up the, the regulations a little bit and it's enabled more people to have those and sometimes I don't agree with it because I do a lot of planning and do a lot of work and put, and put a lot of work in a field. But it has allowed people that have a small tract of land and don't have much time to go out and and, and do some things, uh, as in top song weed, one thing or another, we'll talk about it later. And therefore, I think the quality of the hunting may be picking up. Uh, mm-hmm. The The social deal is great. You know, I'm the very person that will sit there and argue. You know, folks will tell you they had a good time and this, that, and the other. But let me tell you, they have a good time when they're out of shells. They have a good time when they got the limit and they're walking off the field. They have a good time when they can sit around after the hunt and yeah, yeah, with the people that, that maybe be shorter the limit a little bit or the people that they beat out of the field. You know, mm-hmm. good hunts create a lot of interest, and good hunts make for a fun hunt. And it's for so so long, people just said, we're gonna have a dog hunt, it's a social thing. We're gonna gather the weekend of the season, we're gonna to get together, we're gonna to cook hamburgers, we're gonna hike down some drinks, some beer, whatever, and we're gonna cheat some dogs and have a drink afterwards, blah, blah, blah. And that was fine and good. But when people really started shooting all these targets and got excited about wing shooting and you know, dove hunt is a logical thing, that's where you go, that's the easiest, it's offered in almost every state. and 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 you know, the quality became uh, you know, it, it, it with the meaning more, I mean, the social aspect is great and good, but like I tell people, when it's all said and done, you don't want to be one of the 15 or 20 people that didn't get the limit. So, you know, good hunts mean a lot, and I think good hunts create more interest. And and the uh, state of Alabama and a lot of Southeast are allowing us to do things you know we can manipulate feed, you know, with a silage cutter and things like that. We can do things to have feed, and there's two kinds of of of, of dove hunts. I mean, you know, some people build fields like I do from from the beginning, from scratch, and then other people utilize uh, cropland that has been harvested, and you know that'll that works either way. But mm-hmm. I just think the quality has gotten better of the hunting, and people are more interested, and and young people that have Whether it be guardians or or whoever, they can get them interested. A little fact about the state of Alabama. I I work closely with them on the small game. They have public hunting fields. And you know, just like I know, public hunting has got the worst rap in the world over the last 10 or 15 years. I mean, in the public dove field. Nobody's seen a dove in six months. <laughs> you know, that, that's the <laughs> day. You go out there, you pass it on Saturday, and there's not a truck in the field. Well, you know, the state of Alabama got some farmers. They got together with the Auburn University. They built these big, huge fields, and they did them right, and they created a lot of doves. And last year, year before last, the opening of the season, every person that hunted free on a public dove field killed a limit. Wow. That's
1: hard to believe. Well, that's real hard to believe because I've seen, you know, I've seen a bunch of these people shoot and you know, well, you, well, I, I know I'm, guys I'm, I'm that all can't all the kill a limit or something like everybody that was capable of killing but, a limit and everybody that wasn't had
2: all the shooting they could stand. There was but, no complaints about it.
1: Well, I can, so, I can tell you, know, you I, I had a buddy of mine that, uh, he, thank goodness he became a decent shot, but when he started dove hunting, the first time he ever went, he, he came back and I said, how'd you do? He said, I shot two. I said, well, you know, was it a decent hell? Oh, there were doves everywhere. I said, well, what happened? He said, well, the two I shot was sitting on a line on a power line across the middle of the field he said i just couldn't hit them but uh, you know and that's why i said when we started you know that i mean the dove is is the, the most missed of all game birds and when you figure that you know the average guy is going to shoot you know four or five maybe six birds for every box of shells that they shoot you know it uh, all you can do is provide the birds it's up to them to hit them i guess
2: yeah, you know, those averages sometimes are misleading. Some of you, your active clubs and some of your really sincere hardcore people like I've got them. They've been hunting with me for 40 years. And I mean, you know, they got good dogs and they, good guns that fit them and they shoot a lot of targets during the off season. A lot of them will go to South America in June, in July. So by the time it gets open here in the States, you know, they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. And, but I do entertain corporate deals and I have had some of the similar things. I mean, you know, I've had a guy one time real quick, he, he finally flagged me down in the field and he said, look, I know you don't want to drink a beer in the field. And he said, I shot seven boxes and I hadn't hit a dog yet. He said, I'm <laughs> a lot better at drinking beer. If you'll give me a ride back to my truck, I think I'll just drink me a beer too. Uh, so, uh, you know, you, you, do, you do have those people that keep your average, you know, pretty high. But well, uh, it, 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 it It's obvious that, that where you have doves, people have the opportunity to kill doves. It does create more interest. It gets more people involved. And then it's a trickle-down effect. They go back and tell their buddies and friends that have had bad hunts for a while and get them renewed and, and, you know, rejuvenated about it. And I I really think that I've been in it since I was a child. And uh, I did my first hunt when I was 15 years old. And my daddy said it almost kept me out of school because I took two gentlemen hunting from Montgomery I had met. And they came over, and I made $400, Marty, when I was 15 years old. Oh, and oh. I asked my daddy, why should I go to school? This is all the money in the world. I mean, you know, right. <laughs> but I did use his farm and his truck and his stuff, you know. But I, I just said, you know, hey, this is, this is it right here. But, of course, I, I got me a rude awakening after that
1: over the last 50 years yeah well uh, amen to that buddy well look you know one thing that you know you say when when the number of of hunters are growing on on the on the dove side how about the ladies you know i know your daughter rita i mean she is an avid avid hunter i mean she's a she's a a turkey fanatic and i and i've seen her in a dove field and she holds her own pretty good but but have have you seen the the female side of it pick up also yeah you know
2: we've had a a huge increase but when you talk about a huge increase, that, you know, from one to five is a big increase. Yeah. Um, you, you used to, it just wasn't a ladies thing. I mean, the ladies did the cooking and they sat around in one thing or another. But with the introduction of women in the outdoors and, and the big push on it and, you know, it, it, and the husband's taking them with them and one thing and another. And, the deal is back in the old days too, Marty, as you well know, the women went, well, the husband just picked up a gun that they had in the closet and gave to them, probably a 12 gauge. It mm-hmm. beat them to death. You know, and everything about their first dove hunt was was a rude awakening, and they didn't want to go back.
1: No, it's not But, fun. you know,
2: now they, they they go to these clay ranges, they get these guns that fit, they learn about a pattern, they learn about a lead, they take some lessons, which they really need to do. And and, and it's fun because now they're out there with the right equipment, and they're actually getting something done. And, well, and, I, it's just and like I know a else. bunch
1: of them, and, and, and readers, one of them, they're competitive too. I mean, they want they want to shoot right there with the guys, and and a lot of them can. I mean, once once they they go through the process like you're talking about a properly fitted gun, get some lessons, and and shoot some clays, and you know, and get get competent with you know shooting, they're right there with the guys. I mean, that's the one thing about the shooting sports is you don't have to be big, fast, and strong to play.
2: No, and and when they you know most of them that weather the storm, they get over the little initial burst there and really do like it they just not told they like it when they get out there and they realize they really do like it you're so right man let me tell you right now there you know I've, I've been out there and, and had a couple of ladies you know tell me said look um i've only got this many this many, and i know he's got so many you know have you found any anywhere out there you know if you <laughs> got a, if you pick up on somebody else shot you know just bring him over here because i want my limit you know, so they they want to get around after the hunt and, and brag like the best of them. But you know, they a, a lady will take it really serious, just like you mm-hmm. said. I mean, they'll be real competitive. I mean, now, yeah, you, you know, as you well know, like you said, you hunted with me. Not a like you hunted a good bit, and, and I'm the most serious person in the world in a dove field. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm out there just gritting my teeth. Every time somebody misses, I mean, it hurts me. You know, I'm all about getting them killed. Let's get the limit. Let's have a good shoot, and, and let's make me feel that my head grow at the end of the day. You know, yeah. so I mean, I love to see women out there that are prepared. It, it is really, yeah. and it's really disappointing to see one that's not, and they're uncomfortable, and they're really not having fun, and you know, they probably won't be back. So the ones that just get ready, get the right gun, and and go to people like yourself, and and you know, back when Tom Knapp was living, I would have a lady dove hunt here in Alabama, and Tom Knapp would be our guest, and he would take a half a day in the morning and work with them, and and tell them a few things and all you know, and and we started this lady dove hunt years ago, and I mean it is so competitive, it is unbelievable.
1: Oh, listen! uh, I know how they are. Hey, Vandy, we're up on a break. Let me let's take it real quick, and we'll we'll come back pick up where we left off here, folks. Stay tuned. Wayne Clay Nation with Vandy Collins will be right back after these messages.
3: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio.
0: Tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email. WingandclayRadio at gmail.com. That's wing and at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's
1: show. And back we are talking dove hunting with Bandy Collins. Hey folks, let me say this. This portion of the show is brought to you by my good friends at Nagreeny Cases. You know, if you uh, if you've got a A shotgun that came with a really nice uh, fitted case. It's probably made by Negrini. These folks have been building gun cases for 35 years, but they have got some special cases that they build that that are specifically made to, to go along with those really beautiful guns that you have. And I'm going to tell you something. They're lightweight. I mean, I for years, I carried around an aluminum gun case and put two guns in it, and you and almost had to be Hercules to pick the doggone thing up and carry it around. When I put it in my DeGreeny case, you know, all of a sudden, it was half the weight. The good news is it's not only half the weight. It's also every bit as strong as aluminum. All of them are TSA approved. Do yourself a favor. Go to the DeGreeny gun case website at nagreenycases.com. look around in there a little bit i think you're going to find something you really like if you do and you and you you'll spend about 200 bucks on something type in marty in that promo code and they'll send you free of charge they'll include the shipping a waterproof shotgun shot shell case that'll hold 100 shells and i'm going to tell you it's a good looking case too so check them out nagreenycases.com. i think you'll like what you see Now, I want to get back to, Vandy, you know, we were kind of, we were rolling here just a little while ago talking about the ladies and all of that kind of stuff, and one of the things that you said, uh, you know, about about the hunters that when we talked about the average, you know, could be a little bit skewed, because some of these guys are really good shots. One thing I did hear you say was that they got good dogs. Now, I've been on a bunch of dove hunts, Vandy, over the years where I don't think that a lot of the dogs that I've seen are very, very good. I um, uh, was fortunate enough to have the first ever Chocolate Labrador Retriever in history to have two master hunting titles. Uh, I had another one that had about 800 uh, Hunting Retriever Club points. And so I've got a pretty good idea what a good dog is. But um, I'm sure you've seen it. You know, some that you that you wish they would have left home and some that you're happy to have. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts on on dogs and doves?
2: Well, I'm a, I'm a very big, big, huge dog person. I've been the gamut. I've I've been with one kind to another breed to another breed, and you know, when I had my operation in North Florida, I had every hunter had one dog, and most of them had a dog. If they were getting up in age, they were starting a puppy. So oh. you know how that puppy thing goes. There's there's a lot of trials and tribulations there, but what I try to do is, with people that bring dogs and talk to people, that's one of the first things they ask me. Can we bring a dog? Sure, bring a dog. I mean, that's great. As long as you know how to care for that dog. Early in the season, it's going to be hot. It's going to be real hot. And and mm-hmm. some dogs are more susceptible to heat. Some, you know, get along with it better. Some get excited and freak out. And then the, the their boss, their master, gets excited and doesn't really know how to tend to them. So, you know, I... I Tell them it's gonna be hot. I ask them, do they hunt a dog? Is a dog a veteran dog? Has he been around a long time? You know, have you food with him a lot? And they, and they may tell me, and a lot of people will come out and tell you, no, this is a new dog. Would you put me off by myself somewhere so he won't mess everybody else up? Well, when they, when they tell you that, it's a great opening because so you've mm-hmm. always got the edge of a field. You can put them over somewhere, and they'll say, "Well, let me work my dog a little bit and shoot a few and see how he's going to be," and I'll give them a little time. And then if I work, and then if the dog's doing fine, I'll work them back into the field. Occasionally, I have the dogs like you're talking about that the people holler and they they scream and they holler at the dog. Well, you know, it, it, it's easy for me. I'm always in a buggy riding most of the time or, or walking. You know, I just will go over there and tell them, look, we need to get the dog caught up. Let's cool him down. Let's put him in the truck and air conditioner. You know, let's do something with him. It's just not working. You you try to be as nice and polite as you can because, you know, people love their dogs. I mean, Absolutely. they love their dogs like they love their children. Mm-hmm. But I really, because people know me, most of the people that hunt with me know me, I really don't have that many completely out-of-control dogs. Now, I had a big hunt two years ago, and a guy came in with a dog. That dog weighed about 120 pounds. I think it was like a wolfhound or something like that. I forget what it was. <laughs> but finally, after I got through talking to him, and one thing led to another, we got ready to go to the field. He said, can I leave the dog, the dog in the bar with the agnus and going?" And I said, yeah, that'll be fine. Well, my wife called me in about an hour. That dog had gotten out of the bar was running in the yard and was about to pass out in the yard looking for a ball. so I had to get the guy get him back over there, and catch the dog. so you know you run about all kinds, but dogs are changing also Marty you mm-hmm. spoke about a chocolate lab, you know Labs are great companions they're great hunting dogs, and they they because there's more duck hunting really that that's that's advertised it's seen on tv you see more labs and people think labs are the predominant dog in the retrieval world today but Mm -hmm. i will tell you firsthand in the dog hunting world english cocker spaniels have just about taken over uh yep they've taken over our household i know that we uh we went from black labs to english cockers and you know, it, it's been a great change for us for several reasons, and, and the main reason is they can stand the heat. Their, their hair's thin, but no matter what dog you've got out there, Marty, people have to be able to recognize when a dog's getting hot. I mean, I had a guy last year that is one of the greatest hunters I ever had, and he loves his dog. And I rode by him, and I looked at him, and I said, man, that dog's about to go. And he said, well, she's hot. I said, no, she's more than hot. And, you know, we, we've learned these lessons over the years, Marty. You know, you, mm-hmm. you don't throw a dog in a pond to cool him down. That's the worst thing you do. That's a steam bath. You can turn a dog over and ice his belly down with ice water or something or get some cold water inside of him. You can cool him down from the inside out. But you just have to put your gun down and take time and cool him down. But the dogs are, are now changing. The labs that are low-key that aren't your big, open, you know, field trial dogs. They mm-hmm. seem to be, do good in the field because they can maintain and, and keep their hyperness under control. And that, and that's where your little English cockers come in. They just have been the dog of choice. I don't really know what got them started, but they started in North Florida. I think it's buggy dogs riding quail buggies.
1: And, and cool that's where, dogs where, I, that's where I've I've seen, dogs well, yeah, I've seen a lot of cocker, you know, English cockers, you know, doing exactly that. You know, they're 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 pickup dogs on on quail wagons. But but you're absolutely right. I mean, over over where I live, we we've got a a, a large number of Boykin Spaniels, which you know, is a little bit bigger, going to be a little bigger than a than an English cocker, but uh, <clears throat> you know, same thing. I mean, they they tend to be able to. Uh, to to weather it a little bit better than the the really big breed dogs because you're right when it's hot and you know a dog a dog sweats you know sweats out of his tongue a lot of people don't realize that and they have to have water i mean you've got to keep those animals hydrated especially in this heat and uh you know a lot of people have a tendency to forget that so uh you know cold water with them is uh you know is a mandatory
2: well, so many, so many things come into play with these dogs too that we'll talk about. One is, are you hunting in the morning? or you hunting in the afternoon? You know, our morning hunts, even early in the season, you start off 65 to 70 degrees and you usually have an hour and a half or two hours before it really heats up. And that's great. And then mine is all the way through January. This year it'll be the middle of January. So, my people, the bulk of my people that I entertain, they love late season because the dogs. Mm-hmm. They can really enjoy their dogs a lot more. And and then it's more comfortable to them also. Most people would a lot rather shoot dogs in a coat than they would in a T shirt. Right. Um, and and so therefore our late season hunting is really important, but it's I'm gonna say it's fifty percent as important because of the dogs. Because people with these bat labs, these big hot running dogs and all, they can go out there and enjoy it. The dogs can enjoy it, and and you know you've seen them all your life. These dogs that are that are cool, that are under control, they're just so much better in the field.
4: Well, when, when they get
2: hot. My daddy used to call it getting a huddle, but when they get hot, they just kind of. You can watch a dog, and I'll tell somebody, man, you need to put him up, because I'm on the outside looking in. You know, I'm not the guy with the gun in my hand. I'm riding around helping everybody, and I see things other people don't see. And over the years, I mean, you know, we've learned to, to recognize and see stuff. So, but every dog had his place. We all know that. Every dog, the big labs, the the English cockers, the Borkins. And you are—you're right. It's a territorial thing. You may get a, a breeder with some great dogs say in your area, and therefore everybody that hunts around him, that's affiliated with people that are around him, want to get into that breed of dogs and that you know some of his litters of dogs. So therefore, you know I think it's a, a regional type thing. You get, uh, you know, you'll see that you'll go to hunt mm-hmm. in one place and see a lot of one kind of dog. Go to hunt in another area, and you'll see, you know, maybe a whole different kind of dogs. And it's usually because they're good breeders or good trainers in that area that have those dogs.
1: Right. Well, without we've got we've got a you know a minute or so to go. Well, about two minutes actually before tough to take a break. Now you you mentioned. Morning or afternoon, what What do you think? You know, yeah. I mean, you have clients that, that want to hunt morning, afternoon. Give me your philosophy on that, Vandy.
2: You know, here we go, here we go, here we go. <laughs> let's let's one hand against the other hand. Mornings and afternoons. you know, mornings are pretty predictable. You're going to have a handful of those coming to break of daylight when you have to be very, very, very careful because they're going to be low. You know, I always say if you get you two, three, or four at that first little rush, and then, believe it or not, this is true to form anywhere in the country you hunt pretty much. You can go to the truck and get a cup of coffee because you're going to have a 15- to 20-minute lull before the birds really start trickling in and coming on in. So the morning hunting is predictable. The afternoon hunting, you, you say, we're going to get the field at 2. Next, people say, well, you said the birds are going to come to 4. I said, yeah, but I don't want to get there at 3.30 and have a field full of doves, so we're going to get there at 2 to make sure we're there when they come. So, you know, there are pluses and minuses to each side of it. I love the mornings. They're predictable. I have to be a lot more careful with my hunters because of safety. Safety is a a lot greater issue in the morning.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, make no mistake. When those birds come in in the morning, they're coming in on the deck, and that is, you know, you're absolutely right, and that's a – that's something that we've really got to be careful about. Now, man, we're more, you know, we're just flying through this show and we, we've got to get into, into talking about planting fields and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, we're up on our last break and we're going to do exactly that when we come back after this break. Folks, Vandy's going to give you some secrets about planting and, and harvesting and holding birds right after these messages on Wing and Clay Nation. <laughs>
3: Here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. The internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. Voiceamerica.com.
0: You are tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email. Wing and Clay Radio at gmail.com. That's wing and at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show.
1: And welcome back to Dove Talk with the Doug Czar, Vandy Collins. The boy, I'll tell you, we, Vandy's throwing out a lot of really good information there, and we're getting ready to have... The real meat and potatoes of this thing. But you know what? If you guys are podcast listeners, I know you can't listen to shows live every time, I mean, you know, people are busy. Uh, you can find Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation on iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you go to any of those, and you'll get the just, uh, just search uh, search the show and it'll pop up there and, and by the way our last segment brought to you by my good friends at ESP that's electronic shooters protection you know uh, and um, boy if you could ever find a place to to need really good hearing protection it's in a dove field because there's a lot of shooting going on so do yourself a favor take a look ESPamerica.com Check them out. You'll find something there you like. I promise you, I've been wearing their product for more than two decades, and it has really saved my hearing. Now, back to Vandy Collins. Vandy, you know, we've talked about a lot of stuff, but the one thing that we haven't addressed yet is the magic that you really do to get those birds not only to, to be in your area, you know, a lot of them are already there because you got resident birds, but to hold them. So, if you would, take, kind of take me through what you do in preparation for dove season.
2: Well, you may think I'm, I'm going to start at the back and go to the front, but I, I'm just going to bring one fact out that I think is the most important thing before we get into a field. The most important thing is have a field that a dog wants to come to. Uh, I've told people, uh, that ask asked me, and, and I've spent the better part of my life trying to learn everything is to know about it and I feel like I've come a long long way but every year or every so often I get a little new information but go in your area and and I will tell anybody spend your money on location you can you can do the fields okay spend your money renting the best location that people will tell you man they've always been dug there we've always shot does there or you may have ridden along and see does on the power line for years and years and years the the key to really having a, a a good dove field or a great dove field is you need a place that they want to come to. Now, I'm going to tell you you can't make them come somewhere they don't want to be, but that's the first field they're going to leave is when you've made them come to somewhere they won't, don't want to be. you know. Mm-hmm. And and with that, uh, a lot of people hunt existing cropland that people harvest crops and, and they have residue left over. I plant all my fields. I, I've gone from Brown Top, when I was in North Florida Brown Top, we did a lot of Benny down there because we had Sandy Land, which is Sesame Seed. It's a high mm-hmm. oil seed. It's good late in the season during cold weather. Uh I, I tell people that ask about feed, feed for a dove, well, When you're sitting around in the wintertime and you've been out there hunting and it's cold, it's been 30 degrees, you got your clothes on, you come in, you get ready to eat, man, you want a big old piece of roast, you want a potato, you want some carrots, you want some butter beans, you want something to feed you up and do you some good. Now, when it's hot in the summertime, you take a salad, give me a salad, a little piece of meat or something like that. Well, it does no different. Cold weather, he's going to feed on a high oil feed. Hot weather, he's going to feed on a lighter feed. And, And with that, you know, sunflowers, pretty much feel both bills, I think. I mm-hmm. have become a sunflower addict. I have worked on them for years and years and years. The only drawback to a sunflower is that deer dearly loves a sunflower. Um, we've started the last few years putting a little extra fences around them, which worked for a little while. But, your sunflowers are an awfully good feed, and one of the reasons is, you got the people out there that are hair the ground in Alabama and they'll are wheaten, which is legal to top sow wheat one time, And when it rains, then they're out there looking at mud, they're looking at wheat sprouted, they're looking at everything bad, and they're trying to figure out how to beat the system. With your sunflowers, your seeds are sticking in your head. Mm -hmm. And if you've been around dove hunting, and, you know, whether you're in Mexico or wherever you are, you've, you've seen doves land on the head and reach under and pick the seed out. Late right. in the season, turn the sunflower head up, and you'll have a core of seed left, but all your outside seed will be gone. That's where that dog lay on the head. Therefore, that seed, that head is turned down. That mm-hmm. keeps it out of the moisture. And therefore, he can sit on that head and pick that seed out. And yes, blackbirds get on it. All kinds of birds get on it. And and they're kind of nasty. And they eat one and drop two. So then a dog, and when it's dry, the weather's nice. You see dogs on the ground. They're laying on the ground because they love to be... They love to feel protected. You know, if they're sitting on clean ground under something taller than they are, you know, they really like that. They will land. People think, well, they need a clean, naked field. I said, nothing but dirt. Well, that is somewhat true, but they do love a a field that they can feel safe in. And then later on in the year, if your sunflowers go to playing out, I plant a lot of corn. I alternate corn sunflowers, corn sunflowers. And in the states, you are allowed to manipulate an existing crop any way you see fit to shoot doves over. Mm-hmm. So I have a one-row silage cutter, and if you've never seen it, if you've never seen it done, it's unbelievable. But it's it's a it's a big. Big product now in the dove hunting industry. Everybody's gotten to, to buying them and doing them. And, and any of these equipment dealers will tell you, said, Yeah, we sell silage cutters to dove hunters, not to dairy farmers, to dove hunters. But you go down that road late in the year, That over here, the corn on that stalk, and you blow that corn out there. And I promise you, you can't take cracked corn in a spreader and throw it out there any thicker or prettier than you can with a silage cutter. And that's perfectly legal. Mm-hmm. You're manipulating an existing crop. So, therefore, early in the season, I did mention brown top. Um, you know, brown top's a great food early in the year. A lot of people don't have the equipment to plant other things. Brown top, you can broadcast out there, lightly cover it up, make a good crop. It's just usually a short-term crop, Marty. A lot of people, you know, they'll want to burn it. They'll want to mow it. They'll want to do something. And then when it goes to raining and all, it'll sprout one thing or another. But, you know, sometimes you get two or three weeks out of it. And I've actually planted a lot this year because I got behind them on sunflowers. And, you know, everybody says, oh, they're going to be ready for opening weekend. But there's more to the season than opening weekend for me. So my planting is, is you know, manipulated a little bit different. But uh-huh. there's all kinds of things to do to plant. I don't think anything's better than sunflowers across the board. Uh, it does need a lot of fertilizer. The NWTF will help you with the seed in most cases. They have been for years, and it just seems to hold birds real good for a long time, and and then we kick corn in later on in the season. So, and then as as far as the seasons, the late season when it's cold and whatnot, your corn is a heavier feed. The birds seem to like it, and people that still plant benny, which upsets me, it's a real high old feed. And in the south, down in the southeast part of the south in me, you have a lot of peanuts, More and people right. utilize peanut fields because peanut of course is a high oil crop and they, they drag these peanut fields to uncover fresh peanuts as the season goes on, which is perfectly legal, play an existing crop. So mm-hmm. there there's just a lot of things in the country that you're in dictates really what you do. And and people that have been in the business can pretty much keep up with that. And it's taken me a long, long time to be able to, to, I really don't know how to say it, to think I know what to do. And, well, you, and know, and you
1: do, because,
2: know because this time of the year I started getting phone calls and, and everybody says, does it bother you? And people call and say, look, man, I don't want to bother you. You know what they don't understand is I worked my whole life to learn this. You
1: know, so we can share it with everybody else. Well and, you and, know, and hear, listen, we're we're up on the clock, buddy. Uh, how do people get in touch with you?
2: Uh at Live dot uh email.
0: Now, and
1: that'll phone will, number are live, at at life That that'll at work and you yeah, we we we're, we're just we're just flat out of time my friend but I listen I can't thank you enough you have you have given us a huge amount of information and I really really thank you uh, folks you you guys pay attention to bandit he knows what he's talking about thank you all of you so much for for joining us tonight uh, wow what a great great show so hey be safe shoot well have fun and we'll see you next time
0: Thank you for listening to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. Please join Marty again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel. Until next week's show, think safety first and good shooting.